Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who is abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Abroad and free. Able to leave my house and go do stuff again. It's great. Yeah. We could have done this yesterday, but then you said, no, it's sunny outside. Sunny outside. outside. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it's what it was. Like, it's crazy. Sunny outside. It's a crazy. I want to sit in my office talking to you when it's sunny outside. I had a lovely day outside. It's great. All right. What did you do? Sat in my backyard and looked at the sun. You could have recorded outdoors. I could right? have, but then there's a lot of birds chirping. And it's a little too fine. Nature-y. It's like so, we're in the uh, woods. Yeah. Yeah, but it was good. It's sunny outside. I get, I get to go play hockey again tonight. Look at so this. I get to work off the last three weeks of walking around my house. It's great. You work off those pretzels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So did you uh, eat so all cool. the pretzels, or uh, you still got some extra? So you, did you freeze uh, them? No, I think they're all gone. I had them like my lunch was pretzels for the, a couple of days. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just a pretzel. Um, okay. Yeah, they're all gone. You know, I got a. I haven't made pancakes in a while. I haven't made a breakfast in a while. And I had this plan to make, because you found free. a, I found a recipe for, well, I've been, I've been out and about doing shit for a while and still, I'm still making pancakes. Believe me, this hobby is, is going strong, but I had, I was all set to make these apple cider pancakes. I found this recipe and you need uh, and it calls for actual apples in the pancakes. And I was like, this sounds awesome for the first time can't find good apples all the apples look like absolute shit huh so what's wrong with apples they just look bad they just look bad i need i need good looking apples you know i'm at the point where i'm actually pretty good at picking out some solid apples and what's your secret can you share your secret with the world um it's kind of i um yeah, I don't mind sharing it. I it's not really a secret <laughs> wow. as much as it's like wow. I'm just trying to think of how to explain it. Like that how do I explain I guess I just look for ones that are not it, it's kind of straightforward. It's like are they bruised? Are they are they sad looking? Are they do they have a glow to them, you know? The, that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Sounds like what you might look in for potential partners. Well. <laughs> yeah, that too. I like my apples like I like my women. Sweet, crispy. crispy. No, that's what. That's odd. Not too bruised. Nope, not too bruised. <laughs> so yeah, that's um. So that kind of dashed my uh, my pancake plans this weekend, and it's honestly probably for the best because I've eaten like a bit of a monster this. I'm last surprised week. though, because isn't this the season for good apples? It's fall. Yeah, right? that's why I was surprised. I was like all in on this. I said, "Wow, it's fall." I'm going to be getting some good apples, apple cider. I could get, I'm going to make some bomb pancakes. This is going to light up Instagram. And no. Well, you need pumpkins for that, right? Isn't that what lights up with the with the 18 to 24-year-old white girl Instagram pumpkin food, spice foodie? You put pumpkin pumpkins spice. in anything and people love pumpkins. Pumpkins, I must say, are kind of gross. Oh, right? I like pumpkins. pumpkins. But to like put pumpkins in everything is not, it's all you right. You don't like a pumpkin pie? No, sweet potato pie. Like cuz I'm cuz I'm black. <laughs> pumpkin pie. Well, wait, why I'm I'm not I don't understand. So for Thanksgiving. So for Thanksgiving, right? You guys you make pumpkin pie, right? We make sweet potato pie. It's a difference. No, because we do a, I mean, you you would consider it a bastardization of the sweet potato pie. Yeah, you do the souffle with the it. yeah 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 with the marshmallows in there. I was I was yeah, shocked yeah. and appalled when I saw that. I didn't know what to do. But did you but did you try it? No. Oh, wow. I didn't try it. I couldn't do it because sweet potatoes to me, 
either belong in a pie or they're you can you can put them with the the syrup and the sugar, just not with marshmallows. Can I be honest? Yeah. I don't I don't do that either. Yeah. Now look, yeah. I like it. I like both of those things, but it's one of those things that kind of straddles the the dessert and and dinner line like too much. It, it's too it's too blurry of a line. It's very sweet, especially yeah, for the ones that, if it's you had too candy much. yams. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. Especially of like That's if I'm I, if I'm having that with like a brisket, it's like yeah, I don't I don't know. There's a nice like, warm sweet potato pie. That's all you need. It's not sure. too it's not too sweet, right? It's not pumpkin pie can be overly sweet to me because pumpkins on their own need to add a little bit of sugar to bring out the flavor in a pumpkin pie. But again, I think I'll eat a pumpkin pie. It's just not, it's not a, no. If you give okay. me the choice between sweet potato and pumpkin, I will pick sweet potato 100%. Well, I didn't. I mean, you you were the one who brought pumpkin into this. And then you started railing against sweet potatoes. Which is, <laughs> no, which is I didn't rail against oh, No, no, no sorry. You brought pumpkins yeah. into it. Then you started talking shit about pumpkins in favor of sweet potatoes. Yes. It was kind of an odd. In just pie. Sequitur. In pie, though. Just in pie. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, I've made pumpkin spice pancakes. I think I made those last year around this time or in October and they were good, but this is like apple season, right? It's coming. And, and honestly, I can usually find good apples year round, like especially at a whole foods. I've never seen a sadder display of apples at a whole foods than I did. Wow. That's in shocking. the last 48 hours. It were was they still really like 10 times more expensive than every other apple. Yeah. Usually you get what you pay for. And, um, and that's why I like whole foods, you know, you pay like whole maybe paycheck. 10% more. <laughs> But you're getting the quality. You can't Look, I, honestly. You get New better. York, you get better steaks at Whole Foods than Look, you do at butcher shops. I'm, I'm not even going to argue with you. When I lived in New York and I lived in Brooklyn, right? Like the the thing. Now this has probably changed, but what? How many years have I been away from New York? Probably a decade since I've lived in New York, which is kind of crazy to think about. Wow, that's crazy. Been about ten years. And well, you did have a, you did have another short stint though. I did, but but I didn't live like live live there, where it's like you can you're considering that your address of where you're going to get stuff sent to you. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, right? Or like where you're paying your full time taxes. Right, your mailing address was a storage unit in San Francisco at that or L.A. at that point. It was L.A. It was a storage (laughs) unit in L.A. It was a it was a UPS store in L.A. for Mm -hmm. for about two three years. That was my address. Fair enough. So, um, Whole Foods. I went to the Whole Foods in Tribeca when I lived in Brooklyn. So I used to get on the train, used to get oh, yeah. on the, on the, my dad used to live line. two blocks away from there. Yeah. So I used to get on there with my, with my granny cart, my foldable cart. I'd wake up super early. I'd go to Whole Foods. I'd buy some chicken breast. I'd buy a bunch of assorted things. I'd pay probably three times as much as I should. And then I'd take all my stuff back home. It was great because all the grocery stores in Brooklyn at that time, I forget what the, what the one is now, the one that everyone loves going to in Brooklyn. Trader Joe's. No. There's another one. It's like an actual grocery store. Oh, Key Foods? No, there's another one. Definitely not um, that. I don't think it's Key Foods. I think that it's green. It's got green coloring. Um, oh, Whole Foods. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'll, that's I'll the one. Whole Foods. Dessert. I, I'll, yeah, but again, like I, I'm all for Christides. But the minute, the minute down, the minute I moved to the Upper East Side, Fresh Direct became available, and I've said it on this podcast, and I'll say it again: Fresh Direct changed my life. I still order online groceries to this day. Fresh Direct changed everything because it was cheaper and you could get stuff in bulk. And if something wasn't good, you tell them, hey, this thing's messed up. They'd give you a replacement the next week. They give you like all the stuff that you get in delivery, delivery grocery stores now. Like 
that was that was what 12 years ago 12 13 years ago um that fresh direct completely changed the game fresh direct is to me is the greatest invention in new york city ever wow better than the subway better than the subway by far i mean fresh direct came to my mm. house at like 5 30 in the morning and dropped off boxes i'd be it's pissed great. off it was great i'd be like it was come awesome. back in, you need to come back in four hours it's no, but again, get, you could set the time. Get out of my house. Like, hey, I, know, I want you to I give know. me my groceries first thing in the morning. It was great. I just like, remember come that, in that Amazon with a little package. cart, drop some boxes off at your front door. You sign the form, and they were gone. I do it. I use it. I use Whole Foods for them. Oh man, yeah. Like I, 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 I would still do Fresh Direct. Fresh Direct was by far the cheapest. So okay. yeah, I'm. I'm all. If Fresh Direct can sponsor this podcast, I'd be very happy. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. Yeah. Well, either way, that was my sad. Um, that was my depressing. That's why I've, I haven't had any pancake updates in a while. I think the last one I did was the matcha almond butter pancakes. I need to, I need to make some new breakfasts. And I was all set. And here we are. Fairway is the grocery store I'm thinking about. It's Fairway. Oh, sure. Yeah. Fairway. That's the one that I, that I started going to before I left Brooklyn. Okay. And there's Aldi's in New York now, isn't there? Aldi's is the one that everyone gets all excited about. Do they? I've went yeah. into an Aldi's once. People love Aldi's. I was not on board. I was like, no, thank you. Wegmans, yeah, I, is I, sh- Wegmans is the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if I go through this, there's there's a Yelp best major grocery store chain in New York. You want to guess the first the first five? Whole Foods, Trader uh, Joe's. Whole Foods is not on here. Trader Joe's is on here. Yep. Um, man, I guess Fairway would yep. probably be there. Gristides. Gristides is not on here. It's on number eight. Okay, got it. Um, key foods, but they kind of suck. Key foods they're, is not on here. They're just like super generic, but there's a bunch of them. Um, is this New York City or New York State? Uh, New York, New York. So New York City. I'll go through I don't know it. if so there is there a Wegmans in New York there City? There is. There's a Wegmans in, well, it's considering Brooklyn as well. So it's like okay. they're, they're five boroughs. So yeah, if so, Wegmans is there, then that's got to be on the list. Yep. Yeah, Wegmans is number one. Food Bazaar so Supermarket is number two. I don't even know so what that is. Queens. Okay. Trader Joe's is number three. Mm-hmm. Fairway is number four. And Morton Williams, which I've never even heard of. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is There's just one, Yelp, right? These yeah. are people reviewing stuff. It's probably close to oh. like proximity in your location of how many reviews are here as well. But still, like New York's a weird place. It's one of those weird places where like there are no grocery stores really in Brooklyn. It's odd. It was like it was one of the things that blew my mind when I lived there. It's like you couldn't just go to a Kroger. <laughs> it's like everything was like a it's a bodega or, or a store or this little shop or that little shop. It wasn't like here's the big obviously there's a fairway and there's Christides and some of these other places, but the time I was living there, it was really like if you want like the regular grocery store experience, I wasn't getting that in Crown Heights. Wasn't happening. I'll tell you where I um, you know, where I become a little bit elitist. Definitely in the, um, you know, like the, the steaks and meats department, not so much chicken. I think chicken's chicken. I'm not going to lie. But really? when it That's comes to actually getting, I would say, I would say chicken is not chicken. I've had some when really I, awful But when it comes chicken. to getting, but when it comes to getting steaks, like I am, I, I, I don't see how you could beat a good cut of meat, like a ShopRite steak, not doing it anymore. Fine. But. You're not you're not getting those inch thick cuts. So here's my a, question from to a you. Shoprite or a to see, whatever else you get to see if you're a fraud. Do you go okay. to a butcher? Um. Well, that's what I was saying a second ago. Where 
there's a local butcher around the corner from me and I found I got better cuts from Whole Foods than I did from a butcher. That's a shame on your butcher then. I know. You're right. Because that's the 100%. only thing you do. That's the only thing you do, buddy. That's it. Yeah, it was depressing. That's it. Yeah. But what can you do? And if what you're not you good do? at the only thing that you do, now, did you go to Patty's Meat Market? Was that where you went? No. I don't know what that okay. is. P- Patty's, Patty's Meat Market is in your area and gets great reviews. No, it's not that. It's um, it's something it's, else. It's, it's in your area. It's, I mean, it, by by meaning it's a probably a 20-minute walk. Okay. Well, I'll check it out. I'll check out Patty's and uh, I'll report back. I haven't made a steak in a while. I got to get to it. I was actually thinking about making a steak tomorrow night. Sounds yeah, delicious. It opens, at, opens at 9 a.m. on Monday morning. Oh, well, then I guess I'm not getting a steak from them for tomorrow. <laughs> also, the other problem with these butchers is that they have like business hours. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like a nine to five job being a butcher. And, it, <laughs> and when I go into the office, which I've been doing uh, basically on a regular basis now, um, yeah, I'm never going to be here to go to the butcher. I'm sorry. I just can't. Yeah, Literally got to be in the you're... office by... I gotta, I'm out of here before nine and I don't leave the office until six. And it's been more like seven lately. Yeah. Yep. You've got the classic New Zealand problem where everything is open nine to five. So all the people work in retail shops are working the same hours I am. So I'm like, so who exactly are you servicing? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm at work. Weird. It's very so weird. Who are you servicing? If I'm at work and you're at work and I don't have time to come spend my money at your establishment because it's always closed by the time I get off of work. Yeah. It's like lunchtime. Lunchtime is when things pop up. Yeah, but it's weird. Like I'm going to the butcher for lunch. Maybe. Because I, I got to go back uh, the, to work. The one around the corner does apparently make a pretty legit steak sandwich. Now, that's the difference in New York now. You go to a butcher. A butcher will also make you a delicious sandwich. Mm. So there is a difference. You go, hey, I haven't let me tried get a, that. You know, let me get a let me get a turkey turkey on rye and a, and a pound of boar's head. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't remember the last time I had a steak sandwich. Unless a steak does a steak pita count as a steak sandwich? It's a wrap. Then, then I don't know the last time I had a steak sandwich. It's also weird because I'm inside of this. Wait I'm a minute, inside a of pita's this a wrap. Meat market. Wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Back up, back up. What the fuck did you just Hold say? On. Hang you, on a second. You can go you tell inside me. of. But, but, but before you derail me, you can go inside of Patty's Meat Market and Google Maps. It's very cool. <laughs> oh, interesting. Wait a I'm minute. Inside. Can we can we go back to what you just said? Yeah, sure. I asked if a steak. Pita is a sandwich. You said no. It's a wrap? Yeah, it's a wrap. Why? That doesn't make any sense. That makes less sense than it being a sandwich. How is a pita a wrap? It is because it wraps around the food. No, it's not even it's not even enclosed. It now it depends on what type you of pita. You don't you're... wrap it around the food. It's a pocket. It's like a pita pocket. Yeah, but the food is enclosed. Where a sandwich, you can see you the put it the in there. You're not all wrapping sides. it. The idea around of wrapping all sides it is not. Though. That's like stupid. a sandwich, right? When you eat a burger, you can see the patty from all sides, right? Three sixty. That's ridiculous. That makes it that's a sandwich. Like... That makes it a sandwich. If you can see it around it in three sixty degrees, if you can see the meat in all in all rotations, you're good. But a pita that's closed on another side. I've never. Now let me be clear. I've never. I asked you the question with earnest. Mm-hmm. I never. I never assume the position that a pita is a sandwich, okay? <laughs> but I am I am going to fight this that a pita is a wrap. That is bananas. It's a wrap. In no world is a pita a wrap. I'm looking at all of these. I typed in steak pita into Google and I see all these wrap sandwich, all all these wrap pitas. 
And I would say it's a wrapped sandwich. It's wrapped in like tin foil. That doesn't mean it's wrapped. That's not a wrap. When you have a wrap, you have like this kind of like a burrito like system, right? And that's what all this is. And you're wrapping everything in it. A pita is literally a pocket. It's basically like if I'm going to talk to you about a present, right? When you put the wrapping paper on, you're wrapping the present. You don't call a thing in a box. It's wrapped because it's in the box. See what I'm saying? No, <laughs> this is a wrap. Because I'm right. You don't have a, You don't have a retort. No, you're, you're, what you, your explanation was confusing to me, and I was happy. No, it wasn't confusing because I was looking at I was looking at all these wraps, all these wrapped pita sandwiches. Oh, this is a pita wrap. I'm not talking about that though. I'm talking like oh, wait, a pita. Wait, 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 wait. Just can you repeat what you just said? <laughs> this is this is different. I'm talking. <laughs> Go ahead and backtrack. You were you were you were like Michael Jackson in this piece. Just backtrack. Okay, here, here. I'm Slide. gonna send you a picture. I'm gonna send you a picture. So what you've sent me is mm-hmm. actually a pita wrap. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's my point. What, what are you talking? But I'm about? talking. I'm talking about this. I just sent you. Um, what's more in line, like a traditional, like a pita, like falafel in a pita, or steak in a pita. That's not a wrap. This is. But it's not a sandwich either. Like I, I know. Still, I still I, believe that a sandwich is all sides exposed. I think this is a separate thing. I think a pita is just another vertical of a of a meat delivery. Well, let's put it this way: a pita is closer to a wrap than it is a sandwich. Fine. I've got more <laughs> examples of wrapped pitas than I do sandwich pitas. Yeah, I wonder if when you when you do make a pita wrap, if you're just using the pita as a if you're just rolling it up, you're not actually exactly doing anything doing. with the with the hollow center. That's what I mean. You're just rolling it up. It's like a like you said. It's a burrito, which is kind of a wrap, right? A burrito yeah, is a I, wrap with Mexican flavoring, which is kind of sacrilege to the whole point of a pita in general. You might as well stuff the inside of it. That's why it's hollow. Well, it's hollow if you cut it open hollow. Otherwise, it's it's just bread. It's bread that you can. I mean, you can technically slice a piece of bread. It'd be harder. <laughs> you can no, try. that's like that's the way I ate it today. Like this place I go to, it's like a it's an Israeli street food place. It's delicious. It's called Miznot. Now the people there are very Israeli. They're grumpy, um, but they um, but they do cut. They basically, you know, they cut the top of it. They slice the top and they just throw all that shit inside of it, and it's delicious. I just want you to apologize. For, no. for the fury that you came after me with for stating that a pita is a rap when it very clearly you've said pita rap about four times on this podcast. I don't know if I should be apologizing. It was a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like because mm-hmm. what I was envisioning was just completely different. I was thinking more of a traditional pita. You were talking about the bastardization of using a pita as a rap and not actually as its God intended purpose. Keep just on stuffing. Keep on deflecting. Well, I yeah, hope you enjoyed your pita wrap. It was sure delicious. delicious. I had a, yeah, I had sure a chicken. Was. I had a chicken. It wasn't a wrap, to be clear. I had a chicken pita for uh, for dinner today. It was delicious. It's good. It's good stuff. These guys, I'm telling you, they do they do some good work. They're good, and, and they're mean. Uh, they throw it at you. Like I remember. That, I mean, mean. That's, that's a very New York thing. Whereas, like, do, do they slam your? Ch- oh, you don't use change anymore. But when I was there, was a, there was no. a deli around the street from me. Um, when I worked in on 45th and Fifth Ave, and every single day we'd go over there to get like a like a sandwich, like a pastrami on rye or whatever. And every time mm-hmm. this guy gave you the money, he would that slam the change down on the corner, <laughs> on the on the counter. He'd slam it down. So you'd oh. go. There's your change.
he, like, he wouldn't even say there's your change. He would just he would just slam. Did he it do down. it to everybody, or was that just to you? He did it to everybody. He did okay. it to everybody. Wow. Um, so when I first got there, I was like, "That's rude." And then he did it to everybody, and I was like, well, "I guess it's just New York." So yeah. Now these women, they have been warming up a bit because there there were some times where the you know I I go to this place a lot. I basically go weekly because I go before I skate on Thursdays, and yeah, it's just it's just so good and. They the last couple of times they've actually warmed up quite a bit, but they're just cold. They're not like mean. They're just they're very curt. You know what I mean? Yeah, they got a job to do. Life's yep. hard. Like they're here. They're doing the job. They're not. They're not here to make you feel good about yourself. They're here to make some goddamn food. Yeah, and it's they're delicious. To, and that's what they're going to do. You don't die from starvation in exchange of currency. Yeah, for a buttload of money. <laughs> because New York. Um. Anyway. Got a couple stories here. All right. Um, also, by the way, before we get into this, I got some heat. I got some heat from Drew. Um, oh, I love it. Finally, you're getting some heat. Why? You get heat? It's normally me, right? I'm normally oh. the one that says something that makes someone upset. <laughs> this time it was you. I don't know. Yeah, he was coming you after lately, me. Though, have been, you lately been have have been poking some. Sh- you've been you've been making the you've been like making the locals in New York a little a little upset. Just keeping it real, keeping it real, you know. Uh yeah. Drew was giving me shit about my example of uh, he wanted to come on to talk about statistics with me i guess because he said my example wasn't <laughs> wasn't valid from and we we actually like it was funny because i'll go to his bar a bunch and we'll talk about it and uh it was pretty funny because like we go there before i even sit down he's like oh i need to talk to you about this and i was like all right here we go and you know we kept going back and forth back and forth it was quite animated and then this one guy like behind the bar i guess one of his bar bags is like well, if I could jump in, and Drew's like, "No," <laughs> it's like you are you are out of your league or something like that. I don't know what it was, but he basically and the guy's like, "All right, well, but <laughs> you're out of your element, Donnie. You're out of your element, yeah." <laughs> basically, something like that. Um, but I basically he was telling me what Drew's point was that you can't take, and I'm just going to say this because he said this to me. All right, I'm going to say what he said. He said that you can't take the stati- the the reports of Lollapalooza because they didn't test everyone therefore you can't draw an accurate conclusion he's right um you can't draw a and but that was his comment so basically you can't draw a 100% accurate conclusion but you can draw conclusions with a margin of error, I still stand by that. Now he said you can't, but I don't know if if you're basically just going to throw that out as a insignificant example of cases and things like that. Well, then what do you do? How do you judge anything? So how do they do the test? <laughs> That's a sample size of two hundred thousand people. Well, they base they it on test everyone. They would base it on the people that actually did get tested and tested positive, so they were likely symptomatic people. Wait, 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 wait. So they didn't do any tests at the venue. You just had to show proof of vaccination? Correct. So they didn't test at all. It wasn't like one out of every five people were going to do a temperature check, and then if you pop up a higher temperature, we'll test you. They didn't even do that. Right. Well, it wouldn't have mattered if you do it there anyway. 
because you wouldn't actually show you wouldn't actually you wouldn't really show positivity rate until afterwards. no but they've got i thought they had rapid testing now in the states that would tell you fairly quickly it's not about it's not about the turnaround to get the results it's more about your showing it you might not even show positive until five days later like it might not actually impact you until then yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Drew. I think the statistics are very, you can cherry, we're in a world where you can cherry pick statistics to give your argument on almost anything. And this, unfortunately, is one of those cases because there's so many variables. I, I think last week you were maybe a little, you know, you were taking a very simplistic view of a very complicated issue of, well, everyone everyone who showed got showed that they had been vaccinated and it came back with this percentage. And it's like, well, the variables of how they're tested, when they're tested, you know, um, you know, how, where else they went before or after they got tested, all of those things come into variables, which means I think that you can, you can try to model a statistical margin of error, but I think it's very hard. I think you can tell whatever story you want based on the data with how you sort of cut it down. It's difficult. It's not an easy task to do, which is why most people are just either doing what you say, which is, oh, if you're tested, we're going to roll with it. Or, or, or if you're vaccinated, we're going to roll with it. Or they're doing the opposite where they're going, hey, we don't want to have this event because it's too dangerous. It's too risky. Right. So my thing is just that it was the whatever you want to take from that. It's the best data point you have in general because and there's other examples of this, but that's the biggest one because it's a sample size of 200,000 people. So whatever you want to say from the margin of error you know, at least on the surface level, that it was not a massive spreading event. Otherwise, you would have had that, even if there was a margin error of like, you know, 50%. You're still not even at 1%. That's all I'm saying. I, That's my I point. Just don't, I just don't believe there's enough people around the world. I think everyone's very weary of COVID. People in New Zealand as well, right? Because we're still getting cases in Auckland. And oh, so that might not have made any of- sense, that sentence I just said. But, yeah, it didn't. But I'm I'm gonna push through this because we don't need to keep talking about yeah, this. Yeah, but I, know. I just we'll, we'll I just think in way. general, people are just weary of testing and it's sort of one of these things, people like yourself. And again, I don't think you're wrong. I'm one I'm one vaccine away probably from feeling the same <laughs> when it's like, look, that man, is, I got my shot, leave me alone. Right. And I'm I good. told that to Drew as well. I did say that. I'm like, let me tell you what, John John agrees with me. <laughs> he said as much like three weeks ago. <laughs> But I feel bad about it. Why? I because I live in a country. I live in a country that has handled this very differently. As an American, I am just like you, <laughs> right? At my core, it's give me my thing, leave me alone. But I, my views have changed. I now live in a country that is more liberal than most, and they've Deep handled down. things really well. I mean, I think we had one more. The last death was from someone, someone in their nineties a couple of weeks ago. So overall, New Zealand's had like twenty-two deaths. Like it's it's just been wildly successful here, even though every bone in my body wants to fight the fact that you're you're stopping my freedoms. <laughs> but, but it's 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 changed my perspective. I'll be honest. Living in a different country has totally changed the way that I realize as an American, we are definitely a different breed. We don't follow rules. We do as we want to. There's a reason why we haven't outlawed guns and all these other things, right? It's because we we kind of live in this world where it's like, well, you can't stop me from doing the fun things. And so if I want to go to a party, give me the shot and then you leave me alone, right? That's the rule. And that's yeah. kind of where we are. So. Yeah, and, if every, and if everybody's got that same shot, leave us But alone. New Zealand, again, we locked down the whole country in New Zealand. Right, because you're there not wasn't vaccinated. A single, 
there wasn't a single case in the South Island, and those people were stuck at home as well. When they probably could have done, they probably could have sat there and said, "Hey, there's not a single case here. Why can we not do what we want?" Bunch of in sheeple. America, that's what we would have done. But Bunch yeah, of sheeple, sheeple down there. But everyone loves our prime minister. So, and deep down, deep down, you know, you're still one of us. You can't get away from it. <laughs> Well, yeah, still well, one when, of us. when tax time comes, I'm one of you. <laughs> yes, government asks me to report right. my earnings. Damn right. Yeah, and what do you say? Zero dollars? I didn't make anything in the U.S. Uh, no, I report that I pay taxes here. Oh, okay, and now it. my taxes here will be more than what I would have paid in the states. And then the America goes, yeah, you could leave me alone unless Damn I got God. any investments or I make any money anywhere else. Damn so communists! All right, well, let's jump to some news. We got two stories here. Uh, options are this one uh, that you actually sent me about. We should start some, with the uh, New Zealand news since I'm talking about oh, New Zealand. But Let's trust me, there. you don't know what this other one is. Oh, I guess yeah, that makes the most sense. Okay, then I'm not even going to tell you what the second one is, and we'll just roll into that after. Yeah. All right. Should I just read this thing then? Read it. Here we go. Reading from Gizmodo, which you were a bit apprehensive still about. Still around, which here is we amazing are. that it's still around. Who owns? So if Gawker doesn't own them anymore, who owns them? Uh, it's still the same group i guess still owned by oh, it's geo media so i guess gawker is was gizm was gawker rebranded to geo media or something i've never uh i never go to gizmodo i Neither do my, I my, my two sites, my two yeah. tech sources are um and gadget and the verge so that's that's where i stick to anyway uh going to the actual story at hand new zealand prime minister not mad just disappointed in covid19 patient having sex at hospital health officials warned that visitors having sex with covid patients was a high risk activity here we go we're in a different world here in new zealand <laughs> yeah and then at the top you get a great picture of uh prime minister jacinda ardern who's just like reacting to this with her uh you know kind of like stroking her chin being like hmm well this is interesting um anyway here we go the prime minister of new zealand jacinda ardern has a message for people visiting loved ones in the hospital with covid19 having sex isn't part of regular visiting hours i don't know why that's in quotes but there it is because it's ardern, <laughs> that's why yeah. Ardern made the comment after being asked by a journalist on Thursday about a recent incident where a patient admitted to the hospital with COVID-19 was apparently having sex at a healthcare facility in the city of Auckland. Quote, well, I think it's a high risk activity, potentially. However, I don't know the details about that. And quote, New Zealand health official Ashley Bloomfield said during a regular press conference Thursday that was live streamed on YouTube. Quote, I would generally, regardless of COVID, of the COVID status, that kind of thing shouldn't generally be part of visiting hours, I would have thought, end quote, Prime Minister Ardern said, following up on Bloomfield's disapproval. Ardern instantly became a meme given her wide range of facial expressions as the question about sex in hospitals was being asked. The Prime Minister seemed to go from a look of concern to embarrassment to amusement and finally, to the facial expression of someone thoroughly impressed. Uh, most of New Zealand, and then this article then shows all these pictures. You could basically find these online, I guess. Most of New Zealand has been in a hard lockdown since August 17th after a mystery case of COVID-19 was detected, though restrictions have since been eased outside of outside the epicenter of the outbreak in Auckland. The lockdown in Auckland is scheduled to continue through September 14th. Oh, that's only three days from today. New Zealand 
with the pot with a population of five million people, is one of just a handful of countries, including China and Taiwan, still pursuing a COVID zero strategy to completely eliminate the disease. While China has deployed mass testing and contact tracing to achieve COVID zero, New Zealand has benefited from being an island nation that's able to close its border its borders with relative ease. The New Zealand government has also deployed hard lockdowns and extensive contact tracing. Regime. You know, I don't need to read this shit. You get it. Yeah, the, the rest of it is normal COVID news. Yeah. But I guess but that's the real question, right? Like in New Zealand, because we're just we're in a different level of of lockdown where it's like you can't see loved ones, you can't visit hospitals, you can't, you know, even if you're vaccinated. So the fact that these are the questions that people in New Zealand are getting for one-off cases versus this happening probably all over everywhere else. Of people who are probably like, you know what, if my loved one, if they have COVID, I don't really care. I'll catch it as well, right? I'm sure that's happening. There's plenty of people who go, well, I don't want to be without my significant other. I'm going to get this thing as well. And if that means I have to lock down in my own house, I'm already, I already am locked down in my own house, so be it. Yeah. Or they just well, couldn't I guess. wait. <laughs> I, it, this is like a conjugal visit, right? Isn't that the whole premise of that? I mean, pretty much, but it's not it's not sanctioned, and it, you shouldn't probably do this at any moment in the hospital. Hospitals are some of the grossest places on earth. Yeah, even though you know they look like they're the cleanest, right? Like I think if you think about a hospital, you generally think hospitals are generally clean, right? But do hospitals th- have to be one of the grossest places on earth. They have to yeah. be. Yeah, it's definitely a risky place. Do you think? Um, do you think this is a shared room? Oh. God, imagine you being the person you've got. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if you've ever stayed in a hospital overnight. I, if I have, I don't remember. It's been a very long time. It's been a while. It's been a while for me. So, um, like, I don't ever remember having a roommate in a hospital. But that's got to be one of the worst experiences. Because, I mean, you, like, it's like you're living with another random person. So, if they were a COVID-19 patient, they're probably isolated. Which is probably why this opportunity presented itself. But if you're in a if you're if you got a roommate, I mean that's got to you got to ass out of that room the next day, right? You have to. Yeah, or it, it's basically like um, have you seen uh, PCU with Jeremy Piven? Okay, well um, he's basically roommates. Wow, that's with, a name I haven't heard in a long time. Who's older, Jeremy well, Piven another, or Paul Giamatti? <laughs> oh my god, that's a great question. I'll add that to the list. I'll add that I mean, to the I, list. I mean, it's got to be Jeremy. I mean, uh, Paul Giamatti's got to be older than Jeremy Piven, but it, it might not be by much. Uh, I don't know. He's, I, he, I think know. he's early, he's late 40s would be my guess. My guess is Jeremy Piven's 48. You're wrong. Jeremy okay, Piven well is older than wow. Paul Giamatti. No way. Look at that. That was a perfect one. <laughs> that is a great one. Yeah. That's wow. really good. I did not know he was older than Paul Giamatti. No way. And I actually had a few more teed up, so we'll still do that later. But, um, Wow, Jeremy Piven's older. I would have not guessed that. That's crazy. But anyway, here's another name that could also do pretty well wow, for this. He looks he looks great for being older than Paul Giamatti. Anyway, wow. his uh there's a scene where like he's in school with his roommate, and his roommate's like this dorky guy, and he's and Jerry Piven comes in with this uh with this girl. PCU is basically like Van Wilder and Jeremy Piven is is the Ryan Reynolds role. It's a great movie. It's very poignant for today as well. I think with all the different kind of protests and uh, all the different like how campus goes, like it, it's very um, prophetic in a way. But um, 
basically he comes into the room and this and uh it's david spade's the roommate that's another great one for the game as well um oh david spade david spade's got to be older and david spade is like in uh he's like this dorky guy he's got these he's got these braces on and he's just like mm, like super awkward and uncomfortable while uh jerry Pim is like trying to make out with this <laughs> make out with this girl it's uh it's pretty good so i just imagine that scene from the movie if anybody's seen the movie they know it they're like yep yep i'm visioning it they're dying they get it but um yeah i don't, I don't know this um or i'm imagining this might have been i don't know what hospitals are like in new zealand they're like uh, hospitals everywhere else. <laughs> okay, so when you yeah. go to an ER wing, are they like piled on on top of each other? Uh, it's funny. On the weekends, they are. New Zealand's got a really bad drinking culture. Yeah. So those tend to be most of the... If you like cut off your finger doing some woodshop stuff on like Saturday night, you're going to be in there with a bunch of people who've had too much to drink. Maybe that's what was going on. Maybe that's where it was. This might be a normal occurrence in Might hospitals, I, I, bet you, I bet you it's drinking. more normal than yeah. I bet you it's more normal than people think. Like, like hospitals are the all the time. Hospitals are the after party from the bars. Yeah, because stuff doesn't stay. I mean, stuff used to stay open twenty four sevens on the weekends, but not anymore. So yeah, you go to the you go to the go to the ER with your mates, and you uh, yeah, you find a find an empty room. So this might oh, have been a result awful. of that, and then all of a sudden, one thing leads to another. That's last call. And there's a bunch, and you're in a place with a bunch of beds. What do you do? There doesn't seem to be much sexy about a hospital room. I can't imagine no, that being uh, no, not at all. I mean, the, the doesn't get you the smell mood. like hospitals too. The music sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not very very nice lighting either, right? It's real sterile. Yeah, clean lighting. So you got to be in a very specific mood. Or like really desperate where that's going to push over the edge where it's like, it's happening. And then imagine being no. caught. Like the embarrassment that must come with that. And then you being on the news. Like the prime minister is talking about you. I mean, I bet you, you know what though, if you're the type of person to do this in a hospital, you're probably very excited that Jacinda Ardern was talking about oh, you. Oh yeah, you're telling everybody this, about this that. That's, yeah, that's how you open up conversation at dinner parties. Yeah. Did I tell you about that time that prime minister talked about us having sex at a hospital? What? That was you? That was us? Yeah. That yeah. was us? But why? But why? Why not? What do you mean? <laughs> we're talking about it, aren't we? You know, we're just we're just so in love. Yeah. It's just like any any time. Anytime, anywhere. This it's just gotta go down. Love can't be contained. It seems that way. <laughs> seems that way. <laughs> and neither can COVID, apparently. <laughs> so there you no, go. no. Is it a high risk activity? Yeah, by definition. Absolutely. I mean, Unless we're unless you're doing like no make out sex. <laughs> I guess there are ways I would say that based on what we know about the spread of COVID, right? Like we could break this down a little bit. Let's go let's go deeper. I've I've got three words for you once you're done with this of why this is always going to be a high high risk activity. Unless you can okay. solve this specific problem. It's three words, but continue. Well, go ahead. Tell me that problem, and then, and then, because that might change Six my entire feet apart. Well, that's the thing, right? So, <laughs> again, I want to go down to what the science says, right? If you're both wearing masks, <laughs> you have to both be wearing masks, right? And I would say that, well, one, if you're outdoors, right? If you're outdoors, 
and you're both wearing masks, the risk is pretty much is pretty low. It's pretty insignificant. But we're already in a hospital, right? So if you're trying to mitigate the risk, and you know the person has COVID nineteen, I believe, right? right? This so you're is, this aware is like the most, of the this fact is, that they this, have it. This is the most dangerous game. Because <laughs> <laughs> six feet apart is impossible in this situation. It is difficult. Now, you can, depending on height, there are ways, like, because you you can, I'm thinking of certain positions. Like, if you're talking about doggy, like, it's the, you'd basically have to stick to that position because that is probably, because then you have your hypotenuse of the heads and you're facing, like, in the same direction. So you're not, like, directly breathing into one another's direction. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're unless you're both 10 feet tall, it's impossible to do anything six feet apart. No. Well, A yes. square plus B square. Right. <laughs> what do you mean, no? Yeah, I need, like, a hypotenuse calculator because I don't want to have to do, like, It's still not six feet apart. Whatever you're going to describe in graphic detail is well, not I'm six feet apart. If you're, like, okay, so if someone, if you got two six feet people, right, then you got about three feet. Okay, so they'd have to be if they were if two people were six feet apart, <laughs> the hypotenuse of, from their heads in this position would be four would, <laughs> would be four point two feet, right? So you're not quite there. If you at if you're at three point five, okay, now you're five. So you'd have to have Basically, if you're both, no, even then, you're it's impossible. You're pretty close. I don't think you can do this without without an aid. If one person some was eight feet tall and the other person was nine feet tall, then you could do it. Then, then you're six feet apart. All right. You let me know when you find those two people. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll give it a go. I mean, I, I did go to Lithuania and that, they were all very tall people. Yeah. Land but- giants. But then again, everybody looks very tall to me. Yeah. Do you ever think we'll get someone who's eight feet tall in our in our lifetime? Because it'll happen, right? Human evolution will make taller and taller people. Do you think we'll ever hit eight feet tall for a human being? No, no I, I don't know. Uh, I it, it won't be outside the realm. There there have been eight foot tall people though. No, there haven't. I don't what's think the, so. What's the tallest person? Not eight feet tall. Also, this calculation is for. Look, I'm not I'm not an expert. I'm not going to claim to be an expert of the Kama Sutra. Never did, never will. Okay. There are positions where your heads could be even further apart. This is the this is the calculation for right angle triangles. So if you lean back, you are creating more distance between your two heads, which means you can get six feet apart. I think you'd have to have like if you have two six feet tall people, I think you can do it. I think you can do you it. What? That's all I'm saying. I'm wrong. I am wrong. The tallest man. Do you want to guess? His name was Robert Wadlow, right? Yeah, he's an odd looking he lived dude. To be he's 22. like not, not good posture, right? 1918 to 1940. Yeah. He was 22. How tall do you think R- Robert Wadlow was? Nine foot eight inches. No, heck no. <laughs> Jesus. Tall, I mean, I taller give you. Or bigger? Taller or smaller? <laughs> smaller. I said taller or bigger. I'm a moron. Uh, <laughs> Eight foot nine inches. Close. He's eight foot eleven point one inches. There you go. Yeah. So I guess you are right. There are people now. I don't. I don't see any women who are on this list. Maybe this is tallest people. 
I don't know if it, what the tallest woman would be. So we we can get Robert, right? He's he's your nine foot tall person. Mm-hmm. And let's see if we can find a let's see anybody, find... literally anybody else at that point. Because I'm telling you, you could get into. I, yeah, you know this, you know what? this is going to get too not... graphic, but I'm telling you, you just got to be creative. You let just got to be creative be, with the uh, positions. If I could draw this, this, I was about to this, say, let me not be cis normative. We can take John Rogan and put him in this ring. He's eight feet ten inches. Yeah. So there's your there's your nine feet, and there's your two nine people, two nine feet. Whoa, this guy only weighed a hundred and that's at a right that's a right pound. angle, and that's at a right angle, right? That's like I'm talking about like. The different, you know, you're starting from one torso going up and then you got the other torso going out. You see what I'm saying? It's just it's just geometry, right? Drew, come at me, bro, because, you (laughs) you know, you can talk shit about my about statistics. Now you can talk shit about me with with geometry. And if I need to draw you a picture on how this would work in a covid safe environment, fine. You know. The tallest living man today is from Turkey. His name is Sultan Kosin. Mm. He's still alive. He's born in 1982. It's a cool name. A big tall guy. It's a cool name. So there you go. We figured it out. Jacinda, I wouldn't be so quick to judge. I'm just saying. <laughs> give me, give me a pen and some paper, and I'll tell you how you can reduce the risk. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> that was fun. Here we go. This is a. I got a follow up story. Um, and buckle up. This might, you might not like what I'm going to say here. I mean, what's new (laughs) also? Oh shit. Also, I might be losing. No, I still got internet access, but for some reason, this article is not loading anymore. What the hell? I will say, I will say as, uh, we've been powering through a bit of choppiness on your end, your voice has been a little choppy, but I've been able to make out what you're saying. So let's see. Okay. Am I good now? You sound better, yes. Okay, yeah. I think I just lost uh, internet for a hot second. Oh, my God. And now Google's going crazy. All right. Here we go. Uh, so this is a follow-up. Do you remember our friend Lil Uzi Vert? I do remember Lil Uzi Vert. I do. Well, I got a I gotta follow-up from you. All right. And he's, the one that had the, he's the one that had the diamond put into his forehead, right? That's exactly right. All right, I remember little Uzi Vert. And uh, you're going to want to buckle up for this one. Lil Uzi Vert says fan ripped $24 million (laughs) diamond out of his forehead. (sighs) Yeah. Reading from CNN.com. This story might make you wince for several reasons. Lil Uzi Vert says he was doing some crowd surfing at a recent music festival when someone yanked out the jewel embedded in his forehead. Quote, I had a show at Rolling Loud Festival and I jumped into the crowd and they kind of ripped it out. End quote, he told TMZ about his performance in July in Miami. Not to worry, though, as the recording artist said, he's feeling good and still has the diamond. The pink diamond is reportedly worth $24 million and was surgically implanted in the rapper's face earlier this year. In January, he tweeted about buying a pink diamond. Quote, I've been pay- I've been paying for a natural pink diamond from Elliot for years now. This one stone costs so much. I've been paying for it since 2017. That was the first time I saw a real natural pink diamond. A lot of M's in my face. End quote. 
a barbell piercing is now where the dime is now where the diamond had been. Gross. So yeah, you, um, now when we talked about this, this is months ago, maybe even like a year ago. No, this is earlier this year, right? Is that what it said? Um, I think we were kind of betting how long this was going to how long this was going to last. Right. Well, wonder no more. <laughs> that shit is gone. <laughs> they ripped that shit out of his face. I mean, I'm I'm wondering how he could have protected himself better. Like how? You mean other than to... not embedded in your forehead? Let's say this was a choice that he was going to make regardless. What would have been the better safeguards to make sure that this didn't happen? Not get it. Uh, well, you already said that. Already said um, that. how do you stop it from happening? Oof. Um, not crowd surf. It's a pretty good start. You know, don't crowd surf in a place where a yeah. bunch of people are transporting you by hand and uh, your face is kind of very close. You want to talk about a not COVID safe activity. There's one. Yeah. Crowd not, surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Can't calculate that hypotenuse. You're uh, you're getting a lot of breath in your face. Um, yeah. The yeah. How could you have done it? Bandana. But then you hide it. Right. Yeah. Then, then you can't show it unless you sort of have a. You have it like attached, so it's embedded in your head, but then you've got ooh, like something ooh, like ooh. around your head as well to keep saran it. Wrap. Saran wrap. Saran uh, wrap. Clear plastic, yeah. Yeah. Just a single layer. Yeah. Or a lot. Who knows? Saran wrap's clear. I think about, um, remember that scene from Booty Call? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a that is a That was a sex in a hospital scene. Look at look what we've done. <laughs> I haven't thought about that movie in... 20 years. That honestly might be one of the funniest scenes in a movie <laughs> when it, they both start hopping in wrapped in saran wrap. <laughs> now, did, are you surprised one that I made? What Are you more surprised one that I made a booty call reference or two that I've actually seen the movie booty call? <laughs> I don't know. They're both pretty high. <laughs> I'm not surprised that you've seen it because it's got some famous com- comedians in here yeah. in this movie. It's like um, peak night. That's a nineties movie. That is totally a nineties movie. Um, it's got, it's got Jamie Foxx before he became all cool. <laughs> it was Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm more surprised that you were, I haven't, again, I haven't thought about that movie in, in longer than some people have been alive. So yeah, <laughs> I'm more surprised that you made the reference, not that you've seen it. Yeah. What, what, how would you do it? How would you keep this? Uh, Saran wrap's a good one. Thing. It's a good idea. Some type of wrap, some type of enclosure. You can even kind of make it fancy of just something that sort of attaches to your head more that lets you see the diamond. Yeah. But not actually let it leave your person. It's almost right. like a clear plastic mask, right? It's like one of those NBA broken nose masks that you wear and you just give a little bump for the diamond so people can still, so you can still shine. Oh, yeah. But just they can't steal it from you. They also do those. Um, they also have the face guards that people wear. It's also a COVID thing as well. You yes. can put on one of those. Yeah, big plastic shields. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. So like I'm sure this was insured. Like who would insure this diamond though? But like, nah, man, if you want me to insure this diamond, you gotta put it in something that's not your forehead. <laughs> like a ring, a necklace, a wrist, something. You can't tell me that you want me to insure this diamond. And you're basically carrying it around and like just shoved into your forehead. So you gotta do something more than that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get you. I get a little spooked out by getting a, uh, by just pulling out cash from the ATM machine. 
in you know one of those ex- open air areas, and that cache is exposed outside for maybe three seconds. This is just hanging out there all the time. Yeah, just you think he sleeps on his around. back? Think he sleeps on his back? Oh, I mean, I'm sure you probably woke up and have a real irritated forehead if you don't. At least your side. Yeah. At well, least. yeah. The, the back you can't is sleep safe. on your stomach with that. No, no. Otherwise, you're gonna really mess up your. I neck mean, and how do you even shower with that? Like, I feel like it would be like that. He that had to get like real infected and cleaning it. Oh, it makes my makes my skin crawl. The fact that you got to like take your forehead diamond out. I mean. <laughs> I mean, was he doing this? Was this like a Marvel thing? Was he trying to be the dude from the the Avengers, the the Vision dude? Vision, yeah, I don't think so. I think he's just dumb. <laughs> yeah, it seems that uh, seems like what's what was going on. I don't, I don't think it's any more complicated than that. He's like, this is going to be cool looking. It's like, well, it's not. It's kind of dumb, but yeah, you you do you. God bless you. I'm glad glad you're safe. It's, um, it, you know what he should have done? Here's what I would have done. I wouldn't have gotten the diamond. I would have, I would have gotten something. Now, this is probably a terrible idea. This is a worse idea, but I'm going to say it anyway because I've already started. I would have gotten something installed that's more like a, like a magnetic slot so I could just attach and detach this thing, you know? Mm. Something that I could, you know, put this thing away. And then just throw that thing on for special events and performances. And because you have some really high powered magnets, but then you have a really high powered magnet in your forehead, and that's probably not good, <laughs> right? Yeah, that can't be good for long term brain health. <laughs> Head no, health. it's also would suck going through any sort of like airport security. And when you're an artist and you're touring, I can see that being a problem. Bad idea, Lil Uzi. You know, table that one. We're just brainstorming here. No pun intended. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. I got nothing else to say about this. What about you? I'm done. All right. That's it. All right. You want to to do this political talk here? You want to do a little red? Yeah, sure. We we might as well, right? Yeah. We're we're recording this on the anniversary, the 20-year anniversary of 9-11 in the the U.S. That's right. This is the two-year anniversary that I flew back from Lithuania. And connected through Istanbul. But that's less significant than it's, you know, 20 years ago, obviously, like you just said. Big day. So you asked me before recording, do I remember where I was? Yeah, because you were you're a little younger than me. And yeah. so I, I'm wondering how much recollection you have, because I have a very vivid memory of this entire day as a 16 year old. As far as vivid goes, yeah, I remember certain beats of the day, not exactly everything that happened, but what I do remember is this. I was in so I was I was in middle school at the time. I was how old am I? That old? Okay, so 13. I was 13 at the time. And what I remember was throughout the day, they didn't tell us anything at school. So instead what happened was People just kept being a bunch of kids just kept being taken out of school. So you'd hear the alert constantly over loudspeaker like this person come to the office, this person come to the office. And it was just so many people. And you're like, what is happening that this many people and then kids being kids, you're going to start spreading rumors. So all these rumors started spreading because this was spread. (laughs) I didn't spread anything. 
I was just like, okay, that's, that sounds weird. Interesting. You like, you just kind of get wrapped up into what other people are saying. You're like, oh my God, is that really what happened? Is that really what happened? It sounded like the most dramatic stuff ever. And they didn't really say anything. They didn't let us out early. And then when I got home, that's when I saw the news footage. That's when you could actually see it. Now, I was close enough to the city. I grew up outside the city, but it's actually close enough where you could actually see the smoke. That was that was my question. The, could you see it? Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah you could see you could see the smoke. Um, but it was mostly then on the news. And then it was the following day where that was literally the only thing anybody was talking about. And some people... I had a friend of mine whose dad worked in the in the tower, but was, I guess, for whatever reason, decided not to go in that day. Wow. Yeah, and, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. So he uh, so he was OK. But then there was other people, not necessarily friends of mine, but definitely close enough to the city where people lost uh, parents in my school uh, that day. So it was. Jeez. Wow, yeah, it was really wild. Um, it was pre prolific internet like cell phone nobody had cell phones the especially middle school right like this is before 10 year olds got iphones yeah well it was before anybody it was before the iphone even existed well because again i i had a cell phone i had a i had a kyocera cell phone oh yeah was it a slider i had a slider no i didn't get a slider until right i didn't get a cell phone until but two years three years later two years later and i not until i was in high school and then, and it was like a dumb phone. I didn't, I didn't have a smartphone until I went to, uh, to like sophomore year of college. So yeah, and again, like, cause they didn't really exist, but I had a cell phone and I had just learned, I I'd learned how to drive a couple years before, but this was maybe three months after spending a summer I could drive by myself. Right. So you mm-hmm. don't need parents. you got a full license. And so I was in high school. I was a junior in high school and there was rumors after my second period class. And so we're in Spanish class. And so we all kind of know at this point, because kids have phones and kids have, you know, they're texting to each other and they're talking about this. And I'll never forget this because my Spanish teacher, this guy was a jerk. I don't remember his name. But basically, we're sitting there like he just was like, we need to, uh, whatever's going on in the news, I'm sure it's fine. You know, we need to focus on class. And the student in my class kept telling, like, no, I think this is actually really serious. I think we should stop and can we watch this? And he kicked that kid out of class. Oh my God. And so we're sitting here and we're like, what's so I'm like, okay, something is obviously happening, but this guy is like not like he's not like we're not gonna turn to the news. And this is maybe I believe class started at eight. I'm gonna try to remember this. It was like eight oh two or eight oh three. It was some real random time when our classes start. It's like eight oh three. You need to be in your first class. So this is my second, in my either second or third class of the day. So by now, this is probably around 840, which is, I think, around when the second plane hit the tower, if I remember. It's around like 840. Because also then, you're an hour, you're an hour behind. So you actually have no, not more hour behind. Detroit is on Eastern time. Oh, really? So yeah, yeah. Detroit's oh, the last big city on Eastern time. Yep. Oh, interesting. Eastern time zone. Okay. So when that big when that big blackout happened in 2003. Detroit was the last city to be hit by that blackout because we're all on Eastern time. We're on the same power grid. Um, So, yeah, like I remember being in Spanish class. He kicked the kid out of class and we had math class after this. And by the time we got the math class, we basically watched this on TV for the rest of the day because we're juniors in high school. Right. 
So it's like we're all old enough. And quite frankly, most of us were having chats about are are we about to go to war? Because at this point, you're 16. You're two. Most people are either anywhere between a year or two years away from basically being like, if this pops off, we're all going to go to war. And I think that was probably what most people were worried about that day of thinking, sitting there, you're eating lunch, you're talking about it. And then we started getting into some of our later classes where we actually had really interesting discussions about this with our professors. Because you're a junior in high school, right? You're 16, 17. You're applying to colleges. You're kind of, a, you know, you're they're treating you a bit more like an adult. So we had like, because we used to, because I went to a, to a Catholic high school. And so it was in one of our theology classes of actually discussing you know, what does, you know, what are the Muslim rules of all these different things? Like we actually got into some like crazy deep discussions while in the background, we're watching the news basically report this. So school ended and it was myself, my friend Mason, my friend Nick, right? I was the one who was old enough to drive myself, drive, take Mason home. Me and Nick went to Best Buy. (laughs) As you do as a 16-year-old who's got the freedom to do what you want, we went to Best Buy. We walked around, looked at some computers. I believe even looked at maybe maybe a phone or two, some TVs. And, of course, this stuff's all kind of playing there. Everyone's real somber. We're just kind of like 16-year-olds. It's like, yeah, it's serious, but we just spent a whole day basically having like a big geopolitical discussion about this. Yeah. And then you, you get home, to, and I think you clear your head a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's when it really hit when you're sitting at home watching the news coverage. And then your parents come home and then you're like, oh, no, this is like you you knew it was serious, but you didn't really know how serious it was until you actually sat down and really listened to the like the nightly news from like that point forward where they're talking about like, here's, you know, we're going to start going into the rubble and all of this stuff. And again, it it changed everything, everything. I remember being able to walk up to watch my sister get on the airport and basically put your put your hand on the glass as they're walking into the plane. That was a regular occurrence. And then all that stuff just died, just stopped. So yeah, it's it's one of those days that will be etched in my brain until the day I die. Because it was just, it's it's a weird surrealness of like, you got a teacher's being a jerk. And then at some point, like this is all you talk about. And then you're thinking about like, are we gonna get drafted again? Right? Because no one had been drafted since Vietnam. Yeah, I was I was a little too young to have that thought in mind, but I could imagine as a you know, being 16 or so being like, or 17 being like, oh shit, if they, if there is a draft, I'm like prime candidate number one. But there are also a bunch of kids who were obviously right. Becoming very patriotic being like, yeah. I'm going to go soon as I turn 18. That's it. People got to pay. And you're like, oh, like that's a little, now we're getting a little dark. <laughs> like it was, it was just a very interesting discussion that kind of shaped the last two years of high school because again it became big deep discussions politically i think that's when our entire political landscape changed now it's interesting because on media therapy we started watching the the um you know how they do like the american crime history series where they you know like it's a it's kind of reenacting like dramatizing big events in american history so like the the oj simpson trial with cuba Gooden jr (laughs) and then they had like the the versace um murder season two and now season three is about bill clinton it's about the the whole white house scandal and so that was politics before that's the same series same series yeah yeah, same series same same series and i I forget what it's called it's like american um i always forget the name of the series because it's just it's american crime story 
is what the name of the series is. But then each three seasons is, yeah, they're completely different, obviously. Like it's sort of OJ Simpson, Versace, and then now it's um, impeachment. Um, So we watched the first episode of that last night and you start remembering names of like Linda Tripp. (laughs) And I I don't know if you're looking at anything for this. Do you know who, who Bill Clinton is? Who's being played? Who's playing Bill Clinton in this? Uh, I don't think you'll be able to guess it. Well, we can go. We'll go to this after when we get to um, media therapy. But think about it, because I I would never have guessed that they would have put this person to play Bill Clinton. And I'll give you some clues because I want to see if you can get it. But anyways, that's the the nine eleven thing. I was was already on the page looking it up, so I already know. I'm sorry. You already saw it. Okay, it's Clive Owen. Wow, (laughs) that's crazy. It's very random, but he kind of looks like him. Like you see the images, you're like, all right, kind of looks like him. Um, so yeah, that's what politics was before. It was a lot of time of talking about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. And then it turned into this, where it turned into like, you know, everyone was making fun of George Bush. He's kind of a dummy. He's a little aloof until all of a sudden George Bush is throwing perfect pitches at the Yankees game. We're going to go, we're going to go bomb the hell out of the Middle East. And that's kind of what it was for the next two years. And then you kind of realize like, well, wait a minute, we're not really what are we exactly are we doing? <laughs> it's like, wait, wait a minute. This doesn't seem right. And then you stop worrying about being drafted because you're like, oh yeah, no one knows what's going on over there. That's a mess. Um, so yeah, it's crazy that that's 20 years that there's people who are adults who do not remember this day. Yeah. It's wild to me. It makes, it makes me realize how old we actually are. <laughs> Cause there's like a five-year-old out there who maybe remembers this very little, right? Who would be 26 who can't really tell you the story that me and you were able to say of kind of, you know, old enough to be able to remember this. And like you said, have, have parent have people with parents who lost their lives in this, like that's going to be something much different where I remember they used to always interview the kids who were born like on September 11th, 2001. Right. And talk about like, well, you know, Hey, you're all getting ready to, you know, start applying for colleges. How has this changed your life? Or, you know, and it's just it's they're like adults now. They're they're twenty years old. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, it's it's wild that we've made it to a twentieth anniversary, and the world looks very much the same and very different at the same time. So yeah, a lot of stuff is like that's just how it is, right? It's um, the TSA being probably the biggest example that you pointed out. Yeah. Like most people probably don't remember, well, not most people, but there's a lot of people who don't remember before pre TSA. I don't really remember. I've flown as a kid, but that's not the stuff that I remember. 99% of my flying has been through TSA and it's just a, um, it's just kind of these things. And it's this, that's not even a thing that you could even put back in the bottle because of a security standpoint that all of a sudden then becomes a problem of jobs and it's like, and, and so things become really sticky um, once you've uh, once you've implemented something like that. Yeah, yeah, you can't undo it, right? And that's when they say, like, "Hey, did the terrorists win?" And it's like, "Well, they changed our lives forever. They just have like the that event changed the course of American history." Yeah, um, and there's and it, lots of events that we're going to be able to speak on 20 years from now. COVID, right? This whole lockdown exactly. situation will be that. a yeah. global event. Now, not nearly as catastrophic in the in the sudden finality of it, but longer term, 
I mean, they used to say this all the time. It was like a 9-11 a day, the number of people we were losing to COVID at the peak in the U.S., which is yeah. crazy. But that all, and I mean, I think a lot of people remember watching that tower live run into that building. And it's terrifying. Like, I remember they, I mean, that was when they used to play that. They were playing it over and over and over again for a while. And it's just oh, like, yeah. man, like that's, you're just literally watching someone fly an airplane into the world the second tower of the world trade center it's i mean when it falls that that shot of it falling is like one of the craziest it's crazy it's absolutely crazy i i never went to new york i never saw um the twin towers when they were up but i mean i lived in new york in 2007 and the entire time i lived there i left maybe 20 days after they had they had finally put that. They had put those memorial pools there. I, the entire time I lived in New York, that was a construction site. Yeah, I actually, um, as a kid, I want to say I did go to the Twin Towers, and I was on the. We went up to the top, and they weren't letting people on the roof that day because it was too windy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's crazy. And look, since I've been back, I've gone through the new terminal. I've seen the the memorial pools. Like I've actually, I didn't see it at the at the time when they finally unveiled it. Because it was packed and they were only letting certain people in there. So I just said, look, I'll go back another day. So I went back, what, now it was two, three years ago when me and Alice came back to New York to visit. And seeing the memorial pool, seeing what they turned into that whole terminal, like I don't remember traveling through any of that stuff. It was always sort of like this isn't really a stop, right? The World Trade Center was not a stop on the subway system. Um, And now it is. And now it's completely different. So you're going to have a generation of people who do not remember what that used to look like. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's crazy stuff, um, but here we are, and um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say. Yep. Let's. Uh, this is the perfect use for media therapy, so we'll get right into that. Um, do you want another Paul Giamatti game, or should we should we table it because we did the? I mean, the Jeremy Piven one is a great one. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize that he was. And I mean, I, I'm David Spade is just known for looking young, but I would assume David Spade's almost sixty. I would assume he's fifty-eight. It's like fifty-seven. Guess he's fifty-seven. Okay, yeah, he's old. yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, if you got All another right. one, if you got a good one, or save it, save it for next week. I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it because I got. I actually got two throughout the week, so I'll save them. Keep them. Keep it rolling. Um. So what do you got? You want to talk about this impeachment show? How do you like it? How's, yeah, uh, I mean, how's we can talk about it as a. Uh... <laughs> He's only made a very short appearance. He showed up at the end of the episode, right? Um, so it's weird. It's one of those things where the word starts five years after, I guess, the trial. Or it starts five years earlier from when sort of all this news starts coming out, right? It's also so that's a weird kind of, choice for a crime story show, right? Like, I mean, it is. It's, it's one of the greatest crime stories, you know, crime, and, and I put that in quotes. But it's one of the biggest scandals of presidential history. Correct. But is a scandal a because it was it, the crime was they were investigating was around Whitewater. So I guess they go into all that yes. stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the crime as well is the fact that you lied under oath. Right. right that's so true. Like, as well. that's the, the purgatory. But but again, like perjury, is it, perjury, not purgatory. Jesus Christ. Perjury. <laughs> is it it's killing late. your it's spouse and her boyfriend? Is it, you know, and the Versace one is really interesting because it's not necessarily about it's kind of about Versace, but it's more about the guy who killed him. And sort of how he got into this world with Versace and all the things that were going on. So it's like it's sort of showing how he got up to the point where he then kills him. Where this is, yeah, again, it's about 
It's about the entire presidential landscape. So it's just interesting seeing names like Paula Jones and Linda Tripp and seeing people playing these characters that you're just like, wow, wait, that's no way. That doesn't look like her at all. Like Edie Falco is in this. We haven't seen Hillary Clinton yet, but she's playing Hillary Clinton. She kind of looks like Hillary Clinton, but by time they like they do a pretty good job of doing the makeup and making them look like they're in the time. Um, so there's just a lot of names with this event that you just remember, like Ken Starr, right? Like it's just people's name that if you say Ken Starr, you're like, oh yeah, it's something to do with Bill Clinton being impeached. So it's going to be interesting to go back now as an adult versus a 13 year old at the time or 12 year old when you kind of hear these things and people make jokes, but you don't understand it to the level that you understand it now as an adult. So it starts kind of with you getting to know Monica Lewinsky, getting to know Linda Tripp, and getting to know um, Paula Jones as well, of Paula Jones being the first person that sort of comes up of saying, hey, when Bill Clinton was a governor, he basically sexually harassed me, brought me up into his room, he exposed himself, all these things, but it was a completely different climate to what it would be now, right? This is, 2000, this is 1994, 95 versus now, which would be a much different era if i mean joe biden the fact you know he kind of got through this of joe biden was a little creepy and creepy joe and all these things of sniffing hair but like people aren't going to take maybe some of the things that they took back in the 90s where we vilified monica Lewinsky when we really should have been vilifying bill clinton for having these inappropriate extramarital extramarital um affairs using his position of power to do so right like that's that's the juxtaposition they're going to put in a modern time but it was good um, I enjoyed it so far. We'll see where it goes. Cool. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, the other thing, media therapy wise, uh, I watched a movie called Awake today. Well, I watched two movies. I watched a movie and like a third of a movie. And I'll tell you the other third of a movie because I needed Alice to understand that Americans have a very particular perception of Australians. And there's a couple of reasons why. And I showed her one of those reasons. But we'll get back to that. This movie Awake. Have you heard about this movie? Sounds familiar. Let's see. So it's got Gina Rodriguez in it. Big TV star from the what? What's the name of that show that she was in for a long time? Jane the Virgin movie. Okay, Netflix movie. Netflix movie, right? She was in Deepwater Horizon. She's been in Annihilation. She's been in a couple of things. I'm literally just reading her IMDb now, so don't. I'm not. Okay. Gonna I just read the synopsis of this. Okay, fair enough. Um, so oh, it's one of those movies. Horrified. That... This first sentence. Good God. So, Global yeah, so hysteria ensues yeah. after a mysterious catastrophe wipes out all electronics and takes away humanity's ability to sleep. Yes, it sounds that's terrible. the premise. That's all you need to know. That's the premise of the movie. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes and the little girl can't not like this movie. And there's a whole premise behind this. This movie is not as bad as it should be, but it's not great. Yeah, the audience and wow. Do you want to guess what the tomato meter and audience score is because they are the same? <laughs> it's got to be bad. 38%. 27%. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so look, it, it's it's I would say it's probably about that good. Maybe a little better. Maybe it's 40%. Okay. I wouldn't watch it again. Um but if you really have nothing else to do, go for it. <laughs> Not going to stop you. All right, put that on the box. Go for it. And the other movie. We didn't really watch this, but I I made a Kangaroo Jack reference. Oh, <laughs> yes. Now, I, I'm going to tell you. Now, finish this, and then I'm going to tell you about. I'm going to tell you a little, uh, a little bit of info about Kangaroo Jack. So, so, 
And of course, Alice is like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you never saw this movie. This movie, Kangaroo Jack. So we speed watch Kangaroo Jack in about 10 minutes. <laughs> so we start with, and I mean, Anthony Anderson has lost quite a bit of weight. Like, you don't realize it. Look, you know, you've seen Anthony Anderson now the way that he is for the last, like, 10 years. Anthony Anderson in 2003, that face was round. And he looks good now. So, yeah. and Jerry O'Connell, right? Jerry O'Connell plays kind of the same character in every movie. Yep. And Michael Shannon is in this movie. Oh, I didn't realize he was in that movie. Was he a bad guy? Which is, which yep. is crazy that he's in this movie. You think of him now as this serious, accomplished award-winning actor and he was in bad boys and he's in this so michael shannon has been in quite a few interesting movies he's in bad boys 2 um and he was in kangaroo i think he did both those movies around the same time (laughs) so bad boys 2 being one of my favorite movies of all time um so yeah michael shannon's got quite the imdb he's been quite a few things but anyways kangaroo jack is a story about Two guys that end up owing a mobster money. So they get given $50,000 to deliver this money to Australia. And hijinks ensues when they hit a kangaroo. Anthony Anderson puts his jacket and some sunglasses on the kangaroo. They take pictures. The kangaroo's not dead. And then they spend the next hour with hijinks. Uh, This movie was rated PG. I was surprised it was rated PG. Just surprised because there's all sorts of, I mean, there's, you know, it's a different time. We made much different movies back in 2003 than we do now. Um, the CGI for the kangaroo had its moments, also did not have its moments. So, yeah, it was uh, interesting to go through someone who lives who lives here and obviously knows a bunch of Australians because Australia is so close. Yeah, Americans, uh, our perception of what happens in Australia is very interesting. <laughs> okay, so two questions. One, did yeah. you... Did you also show Alice a bunch of Fosters and Outback commercials? No, I didn't go that far. Okay, maybe you should do that next. Yeah, second, because the Blooming Onion is still delicious. Second, I'm not <laughs> going to ask this as a question. I'm just going to yeah. tell you this. Uh, and I'm just going to go on for a moment here. I'm happy that you stopped that. I'm surprised this is rated PG. Yeah. In a... In an episode of the kind of funny podcast that I listened to, they had a they had Jerry O'Connell on, um, and he talked about and confirmed that there is an R-rated cut of <laughs> Kangaroo Jack. So I'm going to read from Wikipedia because it actually succinctly explains what he did on the podcast. But it was much more animated. It was really funny when he went into it. But anyway. Initially, the film was titled Down Down and Under and was shot as a mob comedy in the style of Midnight Run. The film was shot in Australia in August 2001 and originally included cursing, sex, and violence, and only one scene with a kangaroo. <clears throat> However, when the film's producers saw the first rough cut, they realized that it wasn't working as expected. Inspired by positive response to the kangaroo scene in early test screenings, as well as the marketing campaign behind the recently released Snow Dogs, the production shifted the marketing focus away from that of a dark mafia comedy to that of a family-friendly animal picture. Extensive new footage that replaced the animatronic kangaroo with the new CG one that wrapped was shot. And oh yeah, because the kangaroo wraps at one point. And the yes, film was edited down to a PG-rated family animal comedy. Even though Adam uh, Garcia voiced the kangaroo Jack, he was not credited for the role. So yeah, 
there is an R-rated cut of Kangaroo Jack somewhere <laughs> out there. I will say, before we get off of this, Anthony Anderson won an award for this. Was it a Razzie? No, it was nominated for Razzie for Worst Supporting Ask- Actor. Uh, him and Christopher Walken were both nominated for Razzie this year, or 2004. Okay. Sure. Anthony Anderson won a Kids' Choice Award. Do you want to guess what it was for? Uh, no. What? I got nothing. Favorite fart in a movie. Is that like a Nickelodeon award? I, I think. But oh Anthony Anderson has won. He won an award for Kangaroo Jack. Yes, it's a Nickelodeon Kid Choice Awards. He won favorite fart in a movie for Kangaroo Jack. Yeah. So this was um, reading from GameStop, GameSpot. They he, they reported on what he said on the podcast. So um, he said, quote, they immediately tested the movie the second they had a cut of it. And everyone was like, I was going to take my kids to this. They thought it was about a talking kangaroo, end quote, he said. O'Connell said he was upset to learn that the film executive changed the film to make it more appealing to children. Quote, wow, what a bummer. I thought this was going to be my reservoir dogs, end quote, O'Connell said. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. So he said, oh, this is funny. Also in the interview, O'Connell recalled how when when he was informed Kangaroo Jack would change to a PG rating, he was told this might impact the essence of the film. But O'Connell said he didn't care. He was in his 20s, and it was one of his first big budget movies. He said he trusted producer Jerry Bruckheimer and others to make the right decision for the movie. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, Otherwise, uh, so for me... No movies. I haven't watched any movies. Um, watched the latest episode of Ted Lasso. Still great. I watched it as well. Is oh Now, is that God. the end of the season? Because it was no. a long episode. Yeah, I was surprised, actually. 45 minutes. I, when they were just about to start the game last week, I was like, well, there's still another 10 minutes left in this episode. This is crazy. Um, no, I think there's 13 episodes in the season. Like, this is, is a it? long season. There's only going to be three seasons. They've said that. that I'm so happy about that, by the way. I'm like. Because, yeah, it's starting to it's starting to wear. And I explained this to Alice, who was watching this, and going, like, I don't get why everyone loves this. I said, look, the first season is one of the greatest feel-good comedies of a TV series. And I would even argue, maybe ever, that first season. The second season, once you know the characters and you sort of get a basis for, like, the environment that you're in. It's hard to keep up that same amount of feel good. You can do it, but just not nearly the level of what you can do of the underdog story on all accounts for the first season, right? It just doesn't hit yeah. the same. It's a little different. But even so, even even watching the episode yesterday, the latest one, it has its moments, but a lot of it is you get into it's carrying stories over from the first season. So Right. Yeah, I I still loved it. I think it's great. It's very much I didn't I forgot that this was actually um one of the guy the guy who did scrubs this is he um he's pretty actively involved with it and it hits a very similar it hits very similar beats hmm. where you still have your comedy but it but when it wants to hit with the emotional beats it it can do it because it has such strong characters and that's what they're doing here now and it so it really does follow that trend Scrubs is one of the few shows that I've actually seen like before they had that whole hiatus. I think I've seen every episode of Scrubs. Um, I've never really watched Scrubs show. before. Really great I, show. I've heard I've heard all sorts of great stuff about it. I've never watched it. So yeah, maybe I it's should. really it's really excellent. So it does have its um, 
and yeah, it can, it can hit those emotional beats as well. And even while at the same time being kind of goofy. So I think, I don't know if you saw what the next episode's going to be. I've Did not because I thought that was it given the time frame of it. I didn't know there was another no. episode, so I'm just going to I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. So it's a 12 it. episode season, but I'm going to give you a teaser. The title is Beard After Hours. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be about uh Coach Beard's night and that should be exciting. Um but yeah, I do like I actually really like where they're going because this is it felt kind of rudderless uh at the beginning of the episode at the beginning of the season. I was like, what are they actually trying to do here? And it wasn't until they got on the other side of the Christmas episode where it it actually started to get to the point of what they wanted to do. And I feel like the whole point was we're going to try to keep that more happy-go-lucky good times rolling through this feel-good Christmas episode because we're about to drop some, uh, some bombs. And I think that's what they're doing. I think it's working. I'm a big fan. All the characters are great. And yeah, I'm into it. So still digging Ted Lasso. Uh, been watching what if as well. So still keeping up with that. Did, have you watched this at all yet? Uh, I watched a couple of the episodes. The Dr. Strange episodes when they lost me. Yeah, it's fine. I, uh, whatever I, I, you know, it's, it's like, I'm watching it just to watch animated, it. There's a reason why this is an animated cartoon. Let's put it that way. Wow. It's a great looking animated cartoon, but there's a at reason times. why it's an animated cartoon. There's a reason why this is not, of any sort of substance with real with you know any of the actors or any of the characters telling different stories it's all just animated because it's kind of filler yeah yeah i'm getting just that is. as well and it's everything just, it just is it's filler so every episode feels rushed i think um when yeah, you're trying to get it to that all. 30 minute mark and i don't know why when it's on a streaming platform it's like it feels like it's trying to hit this arbitrary mark when why not try to take a little longer to tell your story? Why not have some two parters in there? Even serialized shows have a to be continued. Like you can do that. It just seems like they're really playing in these confines that don't do much service to the actual material that they're trying to do. So it all feels like super rushed thrown together and I'll keep watching them because they're only 30 minutes long, but I am definitely multitasking while I am, uh, watching these episodes versus the other shows, which I was all about loved them. So it's upsetting, sad, but they're fine. And games wise, I finished Psychonauts 2. That game was excellent. That game is excellent. I recommend it that everybody plays it because that game was so good. And it's on basically everything except for Switch. Um, it's probably the last double fine game that'll be on PlayStation consoles because place uh, they're owned by Microsoft now. Um, it is. It's so good. Also, there's um. I didn't realize Jack Black does the voice of one of the characters in the game, not one of the <laughs> main ones, funny. but one of the um. You know, one of the supporting cast. And I didn't realize it. He even sings a song to the and the song is awesome to the point where it's been stuck in my head since I've heard it like three or four days ago. And when I went back and listened, I'm like, duh, of course it's Jack Black. It's definitely Jack Black. <laughs> So makes sense. He has a he has the relationship with Tim Schafer, the head of the studio and director of the game and writer, because um, Jack Black started in Brutal Legend, uh, yes. which was a double fine game. And I really enjoyed that game as well. A lot of people really enjoy that game. It's fun. It's cool. I, I mean, Double Fine is just a great studio. They they kind of do their own thing. And uh, I and under Microsoft, apparently they'll still be able to do that. So I think I think that's awesome. I don't want them to 
make like a Marvel movie. <laughs> I mean, a Marvel game because, you know, there was just a Wolverine game announced by Insomniac. They announced uh, Spy- they're working on Spider-Man 2 and a Wolverine game, which is cool. But I also... I would like to see like an original Insomniac IP because they always, you know, when they turn out original stuff, it's usually pretty cool. But anyway, sidetracking Psychonauts 2, amazing, amazing through and through. Absolutely loved it. Um, And I started the Ghost of Tsushima Iki Island expansion. And that game is just a pleasure. Yep. I need to play it. So, so good. Yeah. Um, Big fan of it. And it's gorgeous. Playing on PS5 with the director's cut edition. So running at 4K, 60 frames per second. It's it's awesome. And the vibes of Iki Island are different than Tsushima. Not entirely, hmm. but you have different yeah, scenery sure. and stuff. So really cool. Tells an interesting story. It does not at all feel like a filler thrown together expansion. Like it does feel essential to Jin's journey so yeah and one of the updates that they made which is really good is that they updated the lip syncing with the Japanese audio so I know you played it that way and yes uh, just as I did so it it's a lot more immersive when there's actual conversations in Japanese um yeah I highly recommend that as well it's really hard um but being fully upgraded makes it easier and but the the combat mechanics came back to me pretty quickly. The game is just so good. It's it's just so well done. I, I really do love it. And it's a great reason to play more of it. Um, cool. Oh, and uh, the only other th- and the other thing I've been playing was uh, is No More Heroes 3 on Switch. That game is batshit crazy. And I love that it exists, but it is bananas. If you haven't played the first two, probably play those first. They're also on Switch. If you want an over-the-top hack-and-slash game about a otaku who gets a who gets a lightsaber and becomes the world's greatest assassin, then I recommend it. Suda Fifty One is a is a madman, and uh, he is a he is a world treasure. I will say, big fan. I just at this point I want Killer Seven on Switch. I don't know why that hasn't happened yet, but it should. That's probably my favorite Suda Fifty One game. Not necessarily right. as a game, but as a as a vehicle for delivering a batshit crazy story with some really over the top characters. Um, it's just really, really cool. So anyway, that's all Very I got. Cool. Real quick, before we get out of here, there is something I forgot to bring up on the on the movie section. Yeah, go for it. Did you watch the Matrix trailer? Uh, yeah, happy you brought that up. I did. I thought it was awesome. What'd you think? You hate it. You don't, you don't, you don't want to. I don't hate it. You don't like, you don't like fun things. I don't hate it. Uh, My name's John. I don't like fun stuff. That's you. The main question I asked was why? (laughs) Why are we doing Uh, this? Why? Get some money. That's, that's it, right? Because we don't need this story to be told again. I thought no again. Now let's go through this, right? Because I don't. I think the premise is great. I think the way that they've sort of flipped this was as good as you can do it, right? Can We're you also give props 
to how incredible of a trailer, like forget the fact that the movie exists. Couldn't you just yeah. acknowledge how amazing that is as a trailer? I can. Okay. It's great. Right. I, I can. I can acknowledge that as a trailer, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely upped the budget for visual effects because if you rewatch the first movies at the time, those visual effects were great. Oh my but don't God. hold up so more. Where you can tell this is a movie being made in 2021. Just rewatch that Smith fight and Reloaded. It is comically bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it's, and at the time, we're just like, oh yeah, he's fighting a bunch of Smiths, and it now you like watch the coolest like, oh, shit sh-. ever. Yeah, yeah. But now, and then you're like, oh god, this looks horrible. But now in this movie, you basically start with Keanu's been taking the blue pill. Yeah, and it's great. And it's just sort of like, like it's sort of, you can just tell, and Keanu Reeves just doesn't age. He looks the same. <laughs> so, like, that's kind of the premise, is that it's kind of like, what would have happened if you took the blue the blue pill? And there's all of these hints to things like Alice in Wonderland and all of the overarching themes of what makes the Matrix the Matrix. Yep. And I just wonder, did Lawrence Fishburne just say no to this? I don't That's know. the other question Probably. I have. Or is he going to come back? Is Are they saving him for a big reveal? Yeah, I don't think he would say no. I mean, he was in John Wick, right? So they got to. <laughs> it seems like. And, and a bunch of other shit that. Lawrence Fishburne gives me like. Um, like Bruce Willis vibes when in his acting choices. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he. But in the differences, Lawrence Fishburne is like. Has a has a gravitas and fun energy yes. that Bruce Willis is just like I'm here, yeah. I'm out. That's the difference, but I, not necessarily. But I think in the selection process, they're similar. In the effort process, that's where they diverge. Makes yes. sense. Yeah, no, I I agree. So yeah, look, the trailer is great. I'm rewatching it now. It's got all of the things that you expect from a Matrix movie, only done in modern with modern technology, which is fun. Right, we're still keeping a bit of the old school. The whole "let's move out of the way of bullets" Smith thing, transforming faces is still there. Um, Keanu Reeves gets to ride some motorcycles. He's a big motorcycle fan. He's 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 throwing rockets at at um at helicopters. So it's great. But I still I'm just like, why? <laughs> like I don't need this movie. I don't need it. But I'm gonna watch it. So there we I go. Think- so yeah, I, I don't know. I was I was mixed feelings because it definitely felt like a cash grab. Which the Matrix, the first Matrix movie was such a surprise to most people that it just felt like someone making a cool movie versus this big Hollywood blockbuster cash grab, which is my complaint about the last two movies. Because that's when it was like, hey, this movie that kind of had this real small, you know, you know, anti, you know, this future technology vibe to it turned into this really weird dystopian, let's all have a rave and then go get chased by, you know, mechanical tentacle monsters, which is just odd. So I hope that they keep it more in kind of the kind of whatever this new real world is where Keanu Reeves is kind of walking around doing normal stuff. That's what I hope. That's the best part of the Matrix. I don't care about the tech world and the with the way the world really works, right? Like I don't care about that stuff. It was always boring and always has been. So Yeah. That's how I feel. Well, I also I don't think it's um I do wonder also about the motivation and whether it's yeah, we had this pretty cool idea. Like if you look at the Wachowskis, the last thing they did was Sensate. Oh, I guess they did uh, work in progress. I don't even know what that is. It's like a Showtime show, I guess. And that's still going on. But movies, the last movie they did was Jupiter Ascending. 
and that was oh, not wow. good. That was with uh, Channing Tatum on the uh, like hover, on like his uh, hover boot things. It was really silly. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, so so. This is their first movie in six years, hmm. and I think there's potential. I think it'd be pretty cool. But I, I stand by that the first movie, obviously classic, one of the all time great movies. Reloaded is about. 80% of a good movie. Then you get to the architect. That's when everything goes completely off the rails. Revolutions, bad movie. Um, yes, it's bad. Now, you look at the rest of their filmography and there's some pretty decent stuff in there. V for Vendetta, people love it. I think it's great. I think it's pretty solid. It's a little, you know, cliche. I haven't. Wa- I watched it once and I think I kind of watched it in a point where I wasn't really prepared to pay attention to what was happening in the movie. And I just kind of was like, yeah, cool. There's a couple of explosions. It's fine. And then, of course, their best movie, Speed Racer from 2008. I mean, that's just one of the all. That's one of the all time greats. Because that movie, that movie is definitely, it's it's hit cult classic status um, because it's real trippy. Like the colors and stuff are real crazy. I I feel like I should watch this movie again because it's another one of those things that I kind of watched at the time and was like, this is kind of dumb. But. I, I I know that sort of the colors and the way that it was done is really stylistic, so I should probably give both those movies another try. Yeah, you should. Speed Racer is a fantastic movie. Yeah, Speed Racer, they're going to make that again at some point. That's totally coming, right? I don't know, man. Be. I don't think they will. You don't think so? Ah, it's just, it's too risky of a bet. I would like them to remaster it in 4K with HDR. Because that doesn't exist. Um, but I don't think it's too late. Everybody's so much Is it older. though? Because I mean, yeah, we keep everybody's making... so old. You can't, you can't just have, oh, you're saying like, they're not going to make a it. sequel to that. No, movie. no, no, you're no, saying no. Just another. Oh, okay. absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah just yeah, yeah, bring yeah. it back and just go, we're going to make a speed. I mean, look, they've like cowboy. They're making a cowboy bebop movie. No, they're making all of these movies from all it's of a these show. TV show. That's right. It's a Netflix show, but still they're, they're making this Japanese um, you know, old school seventies, eighties, nineties Japanese anime manga. Like, there's there's tons of potential here for really cool looking content. Speed Racer was one of them. Astro Boy is another one. There's a bunch of these sort of old properties that you could totally bring in. And if you make it real stylized, I think people would love a new stylized Speed Racer more than they were ready to accept this in 2008. That's true. So, I think that's, so. Yeah. That's so a just remake point. it. Just new new cast. Get a new young star. You know, find your John Goodman replacement. Just make give it new people and just make it with newer visual effects. I think um, I think they should make a one piece movie. And it should be 700 hours long. <laughs> I was going to say, is it going to be because they're still <laughs> making it. I have not been able to get into that thing because there's so many episodes. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a hell of an ambition. One of these days that. when I quit my job, I'm going to watch every episode of that show. Just go yeah. watch all of them. Yeah, or, or just take a sabbatical, and they'll be like, uh, "You're like, like I got to take like a two month sabbatical." They're like, "What are you doing?" One Piece. Well, because I've got nine hundred and some odd episodes. I don't have the latest episodes, but I've got all the way up to basically this time last year. I think I have all of the episodes from One Piece. How often do they come out? I think they come out fairly often. <laughs> I think it's like it's seasonal, right? So it's there's a season, but I think they play like you know eight months of the year. They've got One Piece episodes, and there's a ton of them. So yeah, I guess uh, yeah. The Cowboy Bebop thing's interesting. I'm interested to see how that turns out. 
people were and that's not one of the most popular of, um, westernized like the, yeah. the at some point they're going to make an attack on titan show like they're going to make they're going to make shows and fans of death note so I'm, it's going to be interesting to see. and that was also a, had a big cult following so yeah it's tough because ghost in the shell a had a big cult my favorite my favorite japanese movie of all time akira yeah. will, will never be made into a movie and quite oh, yeah, frankly, well, I really hope it stays that way. I thought they are. Aren't they doing a live action? Again? They've been trying to make that thing into a movie for the last 30 years. <laughs> and mm. it's to a live action thing and they just can't. So for me, leave it alone at this point. But stuff like Speed Racer, stuff that I'm not so much into, I'd love to see really creatively looking, um, you know, westernized versions of these films. I think it'd be cool. But Akira is the one for me. I just Most much recently... Director Taika Waititi has been set to lead the film for a 2021 release, but obviously not that's not it. But that it's has been put on hold indefinitely as Waititi opted to work on Thor Love and Thunder first, and it's unclear if the film would still go forward with Waititi's direction due to the delay. It won't. It In won't. In a 2021 been, interview, fellow filmmaker James Gunn related that, related that Waititi had told him the movie fell apart. However, during an interview with Wired, Waititi said that he wasn't going to give up on making the film happen. Interesting. All right. Would you be right. down? Would you be? Would you think that's in good hands if Taika did it? I think so. He's a good filmmaker. Yeah. Um, I worry. I worry about just just the fact that these movies never work. Like trying to take some of these ideals. And Akira is a weird movie. Akira. Yeah. Everyone remembers the the intro scene to Akira when when they're on the bike. Yep. Right? Like everyone remember everyone remembers that part. No one remembers like the whole end of the world part of that movie like, that's super odd. Kid turns into a blob. Yeah. Yeah. Like no one remembers that stuff because it's just strange. But the whole biker gang fight scene to me is is one of the most iconic animations of all time. Yeah. Just is. Like that's I think you cool. could play clips of that and anyone who loves Japanese animation knows exactly what you're looking at almost instantly. It's great. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's tough because after that, it's a really weird movie, and either you need to diverge from the weirdness that makes the movie is what the, that makes it what it is, which I think Taika could do. But whether or not that's good and in the spirit of what it's supposed to be about, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, totally. It's a hell of a shift, but he hasn't he hasn't missed. So if anybody's going to do it, he's he's one that I would say uh, that I'd be like, yeah, go for it. I don't think he's missed yet because I even watched Boy. Have you seen Boy? No. What's that? It's like one of the first things that he's done. It's a real Kiwi movie. And that movie was great. Um, I'd highly recommend it. It's extremely Kiwi. <laughs> it's like one of the most Kiwi things I've ever watched. But it's great. Um, I think that was maybe his first movie, I think. More than uh, Hunt for the Wilder People? Yeah, way more than Hunt for the like, this is This is super Kiwi. Um Let's see if I can find as as we log off here. Let me see if I can find his first directed movie. Is no, there's a couple of shorts here, Flight of the Concord stuff, and then those are writers. Oh, IMDb, why do you make this so confusing? I just want to see movies he's directed. Director, twenty six credits. Yeah, this is his first film that he directed. Damn, this guy's done so much in eleven years. Holy shit. Yeah, or Eagle versus Shark maybe is the first movie he directed. Yeah, this is the first movie he's directed, which is a Miramax movie. Um, but yeah, like I think Boy is probably the first 
the first I, I haven't seen Eagle versus Shark, so who knows what the hell that's about? It looks odd, uh, but but boy, he also wrote it right, so it's directed and oh, he did that for Eagle versus Shark as well. So yeah, second movie then. But anyways, yeah, I guess we'll see because Whoa. Jojo Rabbit Eagle versus really Shark looks like the most indie of yes. the indie movies. Boy, boy looks that way as well. It looks super indie. Yeah, because this guy this has a Jermaine in it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, all these dudes with like friends around here. They're all walking around Wellington at some point. Makes sense. Not a lot of people. Not no, a lot not of people. So small world. Well, let's wrap this thing up. I'm gonna go to sleep. Check. Uh, give us nice reviews. Say nice things, please. They'll make us feel better. John will give you a dollar too if you say if you, if you do that. Um, he's abroad.com. Find all the links. Subscribe. Set all the rating things already. Until next week. Oh, we still got to get Arlen on so she could berate me about the uh, about the whole rave situation. Get both Drew, you can you can just do a podcast with Drew and Arlen so they can both yell at you about your COVID stance. I'm just gonna mute it, <laughs> and I'll be like, "Are we done? All right, cool. What's up? Because you know you're wrong. I'm not. I don't think there is a necessarily right or wrong, but we're not going to get into all that until next week. This podcast is over.